Hello and welcome to episode 11. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry. Here's some music. If you only know what it will mean to me, baby. Okay, so welcome. That was Charlie McCauley, topping the show. Very talented. Lovely. That will be the single, right? That's exactly exactly right. Yeah, just in case you don't know, which I'm sure most of you will, her name is Charlie McCauley. I've had the pleasure of working with her over the years. She's um, a very cool customer. In every sense. In every sense. And she's writing her own music. She's just been signed to Acid Jazz Records. Which is their first signing for a while, isn't it? They must have been interested because it's been seven or eight years since they actually signed someone. Yeah, and so back in the day, Jamiroquai... Um, Incognito? Brand New Heavies. Yeah, so some of the really big jazzy soul artists Yeah, were. so that's really, really good. Yeah. Really good for her. And um, yeah, so she's, she's writing some great music. And this is why we featured her, really, because she's local to us. Yeah. Really, really talented, and um, and we just want more people to hear her stuff. Really, yeah. I remember when she first started going because she, I mean, she got off seen around the studio quite a bit, and uh, you know, from from being in the choir with you at a young age, mm. it was she must have been about sixteen or seventeen. Then she then she sort of landed a gig um, supporting Will Young. Do you remember right. on the Isle of Wight, That's right? Yeah. And then she got into Isle of Wight Festival and Best of All um, at one of their in one of their venue tents. And at that point, I was thinking, well done, like, that's a really great effort, but then it's progressed into um, her hooking up with these really good musicians. Yeah. And the, the one thing for me, the correlation with um, Charlie, and in fact, this is actually going to lead on to a lot of our, our talk today, which is that her, her attitude to life stinks. Whoa. I'm just joking. <laughs> light, light and um, shade. They call that light and shade. She, no, I mean, she just lives it. She lives, she's... It's her life. Yeah. Like this writing and singing, it's just her life. And that is why the things you just said, it's it's organic. It's just happened because she's just applied herself so much. It's, it's, she's, a, she's a pleasure to work with. I know she's going to be in Greece when this um, when this goes live. The musical? No, mate. She's on holiday. Or oh. probably doing some work. I don't know. But Sorry, I was just on the music vibe. Yeah. All right, on holiday. Okay, sorry. Can, Karen, you, can yeah. you stay out of this section, please? Oh, I always get too excited. <laughs> if you want to know how to find it, it's Charlie McCauley, and that's M-A-C-A-U-L-A-Y. <laughs> if you're going to see his face when he was spelling that, the fear of getting that wrong. M-A-C-A-U-L-E-Y. A-Y. Got it wrong. McCauley. McCauley. She's on iTunes and Spotify. Look her up online. She just, she's, she's ace. So get in touch. Yeah, awesome. So what are we on about today, then? Chat. <laughs> Make it sound more interesting. Words fail you right I'm now. Don't they? I'm struggling. No, don't struggle. Today what? we are talking about the winter retreat. In fact, and we're not just going to talk about how great it was. Um, There's a little bit of that, though. A little bit of that. <laughs> but actually, what we want to do is bring you some, um, just bring you some valid points from it. Really, some important things for those for those of you that don't know. Um, this may be the first show you've listened to, and so the winter retreat was a weekend of workshops, seminars, industry pros, just 
like the, the best thing you could ever go to if you're an artist and want to develop yourself. And that was in the Hollywood Hills. And we went two weeks ago and we experienced the whole thing. So we, the reason why we went, we've got links there, obviously, but, but the main thing is to bring back the content and let everyone else kind of benefit from it. Absolutely. And that's what we're going to do today. Yeah, we're going to bring you some stuff. We were filming there as well, so at some point there'll be some um, uh, some visuals for you guys to, to look at because, yeah, the... We can talk about what went down in terms of education and, and content and, and the really useful things, but, but really when you, when you put that in the environment and the setting, um, I think, does that focus the mind just that little bit more? Def- of course, definitely. Oh, yeah. blimey. So, yeah, so, so um, yeah, keep a lookout for that. That'll be coming soon. Um, but, so what's going on in your life at the moment? Not a lot. It's nice though, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I say not a lot. I, there, I mean, there's some things going on, but I don't want to bore anybody, if I'm honest. Is it boring then? Well, I'll be honest with you, that's a lie as well. So I'm just, I'm just going around a circle with you with lies. It's a circle of lies. Should we start again? Ask me again. Uh, should we call that an edit point? <laughs> <laughs> just, just joking. <laughs> What's going on in your life at the moment? There's lots of exciting things happening oh, in my life. Brilliant. Carry on. But I honestly don't want to go on about it because they're the, like the infancy stages. And so I'll bring, I can talk about it more once things are more in place. Yeah. That's it. You? That's excitement. Me, do you know what the main, the main prerogative I have at the moment is, cool. uh, is being healthy. Why? That, is, that Why? is it. Don't get me wrong. I don't normally, I'm not really an unhealthy man usually. But I've spent all winter, don't know if anybody goes to the gym a bit, but you spend all winter trying to eat more food, don't you? Yeah. To to just add a bit more to yourself. You live like a hamster. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then March comes around and you think, right, time to... Sun shining. Time to cut the calories, yeah, sun shining. So Washboard. Going to hit the big... Is that what you're aiming for? Of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah, the... I, I just have to spend more time because, you know, there's a lot of time taken up with teaching and prepping all that and, you know, getting ready to deliver lectures. I've got, I've got some workshops coming up, which is cool, with different um, uh, different organisations, the Academy of Music and Sound as well. Um, so prepping for all those takes time, but prepping all the dinners, making sure I've got the right food to eat at all times. I mean, I sat in Waterloo last night with a Tupperware full of beef and green beans. Sounds amazing. Just sat there. I sat opposite Presto Pasty thinking, oh, bloody hell. Always, you, the pasties, they're, they're, they're crazy. Or upper crust. Upper crust. Yeah. Um, so that's that, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the world of singing marches on for me. I'm always working on my voice, but, but yeah, the, the world of fitness. We have created a group, haven't we? Yeah. Um, on Facey Space. Yeah, talk to us about that then. It's quite interesting. Yeah, I've got sure. nothing to do with singing. Well, fa- apart from the fact that, you know, good health adds to equals good voice instrument so so all right good next so <laughs> <laughs> um, a few couple of years ago um those of you that have got the the app whatsapp both chris and i and a few other guys we we started a thing in january it's like we're going to get ripped for summer so we ended up posting uh, pictures of food and uh workouts and our daily thoughts on how we were feeling, dieting, and God, yeah. Thought, thoughts and everything. Sometimes hot ladies went on there. A lot of the time, hot ladies went on there, and uh, and also even calorie breakdown and macronutrient breakdowns <laughs> at the end of a day, which was like, yeah, 
You know, at the end, of, I, there was five guys. I knew exactly what how many carbohydrates they were eating every day. I mean, that's weird. That's weird. That's weird. But and I, to be I fair, loved it. They probably not only you thought that was weird, but probably some some previous partners probably didn't tell me any about that. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I just waited. I just waited to broadcast it. Right. <laughs> just, just put it out there. <laughs> do it now to the masses. Thing is, that worked really well for us, and we ended up getting some great results. So this year, we threw it together on Facebook and invited loads of other people to get together. And and so we've got a, a Facebook secret group called Cut for Summer, mm. which is going really well, isn't it? It is. I, I, I do. I do think you can relate it to singing in one way. Go on. In that. It's amazing how much a common interest brings people together, obviously. Mm. But again, you know, you look at choirs and singing, that brings people together in conversation, sharing of information. Everyone else will benefit from that, exactly. being part of that discussion. Mm. And the same with the fitness stuff is that, yeah, we, you know, we start the group, you start posting things on, inevitably people start asking questions about what are you eating, how much you're eating, what do you reckon about this? It fuels the fire. It fuels the fire. And then everyone goes out and goes, oh, well, you know, someone will post a picture of a certain type of food that looks beautiful. Then someone else will go, I'm going to make that tonight. Mm. Your life has been embellished in a tiny little way. Much like, I mean, we've got some ideas about how to make scales sexy, haven't we? Uh, like vocalising yeah without visuals without visuals which is tricky that's the challenge yeah um, but so so the same thing like if we can promote and encourage uh, the fact that singing scales and things does have benefit and in a a very attractive way then likely more people are going to do it aren't they so it's it's a similar kind of vibe so um, crossing that over to singing there's many ways in which when we start a group on Facebook called wacky singing ideas there must be some out there. Or, I, was, I don't know, I was going more for like, you know, nail like a C-sharp before summer or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you said you were going to make it sound sexy. Well, d- different word. Uh, that's not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the equivalent of no, it does sound really sexy. No, it does. All right. You're right with that. What were we doing today? Well, um, what were we going to talk about? We're gonna Hopefully you... we're going to move on from this chaos. <laughs> See, this is this is what this is what happens in normal life, isn't it? A lot. Conversations just end up like that, don't they? In the car. But now we decide to record them, which is amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. Oh, oh God. Good. Well, let's carry on some of that debacle. Um, yeah, so let's get into the winter retreat. Like we said, we're not going to bore you about it too much, but we do want to share some really valuable information that's come out of it that maybe you might want to take on into your daily lives and your activities as a singer. Teachers and singers can really benefit from, well, hopefully benefit from this information. Yeah, totally. So, right, let's imagine we're back there then. It's basically 10 to 7, isn't it? Yeah, a.m. A.m., as that would basically be the amount of time we would give ourselves to get ready and get to the fitness studio, 10 minutes, mm. which is, you know, not ideal. Um, but Maybe it's very early. So, yeah, essentially, 10 to 6, the alarm goes off, rushing around, putting your trainers and your shorts on. What are we going to do? Some sort of, like, P90X workout, wasn't it? Intervals and... Yeah. It was pretty hardcore yeah. at times, wasn't it? Yeah. Stephanie, she's involved with P90X and the, and the, the whole company and organization uh, so she really <laughs> really knows what she's doing and oh she was just amazing wasn't she like her, her energy and and um flexibility flex- blimey i just can't believe it she is she is in amazing shape she's a wonderful woman as well isn't she yeah but crack away to start the day 
and others and, did yoga by the way that's right it? yeah so we did some filming of that as well and um and meditation as well at the same time so there was something for everyone at that time of the day and great start to the day and then we just cruised on to breakfast straight from there didn't we yeah a well-earned and needed um bunch of eggs and bacon wasn't it yeah where again um the food was great but we're ho- you're hooking up with the people that you kind of met a rece- like the reception um earlier on that day or on the night before when we got there and it was just um it already starting to create a vibe and everyone knows what networking is like you everyone's just trying to get involved and have a have a um have some good banter whilst trying to get gain information from people and give some back it's, it's it was a great vibe even at breakfast wasn't it absolutely yeah. i don't think i've sat on the same table twice no you just end up sitting somewhere chatting to someone different yeah you hear about people and uh, and what well, one of the veins through the entire weekend which um, we're not necessarily going to cover in our content, but surrounding yourself with good people in the music industry is quite key to succeeding in many ways and keeping it enjoyable. Yeah. Because the music industry is inevitably full of people who might be a bit opportunist or um, aren't out for it in terms of a passionate thing. And uh, if you can be lumped together in a room full of people like we were, who are all there because they love it, decent people with uh, with great aspirations, then the sort of connections that you make from that will be um, really valuable come down the line, mm, I reckon. Absolutely. Yeah. You never know. Never so, yeah, know. after Brecky, you troop on to all your classes and uh, lectures, and some of, them are, some of them are technical, some of them are business, and some of them are technique. There's two tracks on there. There was one, um, one for teachers and one for artists. Most of the artist ones were, were clearly built around creativity, songwriting, and and that kind of thing. Um, there's some where everyone came together, like the, the bigger things, like the panels and things, mm-hmm. where uh, guests were invited in from all over. They were good. Really good, really good. We're talking people from The, um, the Voice, reality TV show, like the back end singers, people involved in the industry, some managers, some A&R people, producers, Really cool people. Yeah. Great sessions, weren't they? Yeah, they were really enjoyable. Yeah. I learned a lot from those. We got a lot of quotes out of that as well. Yeah. Some great stuff. And then in the evening, every evening was signed off with a guest, high-profile guest who's made their name in the in the industry from, from well, they've just been really successful. And they give their stories, uh, anecdotes, whilst playing some music and, and, and giving everyone a really good, really good evening. Yeah, the mixture of... I mean, they, they were all amazing songwriters. The mixture of amazing songs, which you can appreciate, and uh, and some of the experiences that they went through, and some of the advice they had to give you. Oh man, the value! Yep, it was insane. So that that essentially, and then you would go off to bed, probably for a lot of the other people, after then picking up a bit of songwriting. That's right. To submit your song for the songwriting competition before the next day. Mm. And that is your that's your average day. And in, in case that. You know, in lakes, mountains, yeah, no Wi-Fi. Which, to be fair, we were surprised about. We, we were told that part of our remit that we'd, we'd have no Wi-Fi, even though we were looking to do some social media stuff. We thought that we'd be able to get around it. <laughs> so we we actually hired a hotspot, didn't we? Yeah, we hired a four G wireless hotspot like device. Didn't work. Didn't work. So, <laughs> but to be fair, though, was it like the first day? I didn't even know what to do on my phone. I'm like, it's basically a camera. Brilliant. That's what it is. And then the second day, I got over that. I was like, this is so it's great. so good. Try I it. I forgot about everything. Try it yourself. Just cut yourself off for yeah. four days. Go and live on a desert island, in a way. 
<laughs> right, just, so just go to the Lake District. Three points we've got, really, isn't it today? Three points, three main points. To the, let's get some, let's get some direction with this. Three main points or three main themes we want to take away from the winter retreat to deliver to people. Yeah. What's the first one? The first one is something you you probably experience in your teaching room too, um, as you get down the line with some students, but. The vein of the technical classes, the ones that were working on technique with singers, was to kind of drill home that it's important to work on technique, but technique is not everything. You know, the world doesn't revolve around it. Voices who sometimes, you know, may lack a bit of technique might, you know, don't necessarily cave in. It's not, there's too much emphasis put on technique sometimes, and especially by advanced singers or ones that have studied um, with a particularly technical type of teacher. I mean, I've heard this with my students as well, in, in that, you know, you get, you get a line that's sung and the student is sort of, it sort of vocalises the fact that, is this technically perfect, you know? Mm. Is my technique just right here? They're very concerned about it. And then some, sometimes the response from probably, well, myself and, and you would know this as well, is, who cares? Mm. Like what if if you, if you were a bit gritty there? If your vowel wasn't perfect, who cares? Like it sounded awesome. It's not going to kill you. Mm. Um, and uh, you know you want to be worrying about the question of is my feeling in this line or am I connecting the most to the music? Then think about how technique can allow you to do that. Um, and adding style and expression to lines can often conflict with technique in many ways yeah you know those stylistic elements usually are are um imperfections things that just you know aren't necessarily perfect vocal function but man they speak to people on a certain level totally yeah so what are your thoughts on that it was it's the balance that we've been discussing for years i mean to be honest actually not for when we i i I know i guess i know i speak for you in this as well when we first started out as teachers it wasn't, there was no balance. <laughs> it was technique. <laughs> it was technique, yeah. <laughs> and I know why, for me, it was that I, I wanted to give some worth. I wanted to have something, a, 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 um, like a catalogue of whatever, to go, if somebody walked in and said, I need something, it's like, well, I can give you something. And mm. that is um, the feeling that that feels easier. Yes, and if which, which has an initial jubilation, yeah. Isn't it? And if that's it, but then, but you really can get locked in that. Um, and in fact, you know, I know that's where our technique has actually meandered over the t- well. The 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 ethos is is kind of meandered in in the sense that technique is important, but as we say, it's not the be all and end all. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. And um, you know, if, t- if technique becomes too important in someone's vocal journey. Aside from the fact that actually very, very technically decent voices can end up sounding just that little bit boring. You know, from a, from a, from a listener, if I was listening, I'm thinking, would I buy your record? It's just not exciting enough. Yeah. Some, some, some naughty stuff in there, some naughty technique. Um, definitely sells records for me. It makes me more interested in a singer. Um, but one, one thing I've experienced about, about um, the obsessed... Uh, people with technique is that they actually end up being unwilling to try something new you know you you try and walk them into something that is more stylistic and and i've had this so many times you you have that barrier of like that's going to wreck my voice that that will ruin my technique you know Mm. that's not healthy all those things and it's like hey who cares like you train your voice so much it will forgive you for that 
any any I've had an example where some some people are scared of making of creating energy intense energy because that could even be confused with strain yeah where like some singers have uh, the, the word I guess you could use belting or whatever belting yeah. safely up in the upper register I've had some singers and I'll be like what's wrong with that you know what's, what's the matter with it and they're like it and just instinctively it's like it hurt or something but it didn't hurt it was just energy and it was just intense yeah well you and get that thing do you ever get that oh, I'm yelling yeah, I, I'm yelling all the time, and I'm. Trust me, I'm sat out here. You're not yelling. Mm. It's very strong. You're not yelling, but that is that that feeling of I can't step outside of things feeling comfortable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, there's a there's a there's a control freak control, underneath that yeah. person, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. So uh, so hearing that across the whole weekend about technique coming from a singing organisation, which builds its world around technique. Yeah. Don't evangelise it mm. too much. Yeah, man. Awesome. Balance. Absolutely. Balance in life. But that, that leads on to, to the next session for me, which was, it was actually run by Tamara Beattie. We mentioned her in the last podcast. Her partner sung the, um, sung the, the track at the start of our last podcast, and she, in fact, featured on it. But Tamara, she's a voice coach for uh, The Voice USA? Yeah. She's based in Canada, but she flies down to LA. That's right. And she had a really good insight into another side of teaching and unlocked a lot of thoughts for, I think, everyone in that room at the time. And I just, it resonated with me so much. And it really does lead on to what we're just talking about in terms of technique and, to be honest, us as teachers controlling what the student learns. Mm Mm-hmm. And if we have all this information that we are throwing at the student, uh, is that what they actually need to learn at that moment in time in their life? Is that, is that what they need to develop? And in fact, we're developing something else, even if, it isn't, even if it isn't singing related, even if it is personality or values or how they feel about themselves related, will that have an effect on the voice and their singing in the day? Probably yes, absolutely. You know, and um, she went into depth actually about the the three domains of learning. And just to clarify, those three things are the cognitive, affective, and psychomotor. Can you explain all of those for everyone? So yeah, basically, the cognitive is how to deal with information and process that information. There's there's different with with each each one of these domains. You can look it up. It's called um, the Taxonomy Bloom Bloom the, the guy was called Bloom who who's created this this formula for like a model right model that's right yeah for different levels within each of these domains and the different levels outline where that student is or where we're at in terms of of that domain so most obviously we're going to have a balance of all three so cognitive is information based is how much you can be processing information the effective is the values and it's how you feel is how the person feels and how that affects things. And the psychomotor is the, um, the, the physical manifestation of the, the information. So okay. So actually the application. Exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And we're all going to, as human beings, we have a different level of each one of these three domains and how we respond to things, how we learn. And then in turn, obviously how we act and the result of how we act. Mm-hmm. It all plays a massive part. And what Tamara is saying is that, and I actually think this is this is correct for most most industries and, and, and most of life is that we we apply so much focus on the 
cognitive. It's like, I've got this information. In order to do this thing, you need to learn this information. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like a how to do it, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. You, just, yeah. you give someone a... You give someone a how-to, here's how you do it, bosh, do it. And some people are like, oh my God. And I guess, I guess when, I, when I think about that and the way you've described it, it, is instantly when I receive that how-to instruction, the first thing I'll do is I'll feel something about it. Exactly. I will look at it and go, either I'll go, oh my God, I can't possibly do all this. Or I might go. I might be like, "This is easy." Who knows? Who knows what I'm going to feel at that point? But that's when I've moved into the effective domain, right? The effective domain. I've sat there and gone, "Right, I feel bad about this. Hence, I'm not going to be able to learn this very well." Is that is that is that essentially it's, the essence? Exactly that. And, and I think the thing to consider here for students and for teachers is that as a student, and we you know we can look at ourselves as both, right? We're students and teachers. So as you just said, if you if you have something thrown at you you're going to feel something. And because you are in this industry, we're artists and that therefore means we're creative. So that means probably we're going to be more affected by the effective domain. Yeah. <clears throat> because we are creative. And, and she went as far to say, you know, that it is the domain of the artist, the feeling and the creativity. Um, but it's, but with that in mind, if we don't address that, if we don't address how much we respond to that domain are we limiting ourselves as students and if you reverse that to the teacher if we are controlling the cognitive domain of learning too much for that student that may not be what they respond to so batting them with information yeah they may not not, get not spending time to make them feel comfortable exactly that yeah and then you can go even further into that and go well even if you're not somebody that responds within that domain the cognitive domain if you are at the bottom end so you're a you're lower level learner in that sense. That actually the job should be to develop that domain. Yes. So you're a creative person and you and you respond very well to the effective domain. So we should try and highlight that, but equally increase the ability within the other domains. Absolutely, and I, I don't know if you feel this way too, but you know, thinking of it like that, as your ability improves in a certain discipline like singing, um, actually the emphasis on domain changes. Do you yeah, feel? Of course. Because, yeah. you, uh, you know, as you get better at something, I bet cognitive improves. I bet the focus on cognitive is actually, is actually all right. Exactly that. Because you, the effective is fine. You already feel good about it. That's it. And, then, but then, and that's just a, a way of measuring it, isn't it? it for, mostly in, 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 in reality is that we measure things by the result. Mm. And so if it, let's just take an example, if it was like a test and you were, you were taking a test, most people would say, obviously, that was very cognitive based. Mm-hmm. But as you just said, if you are somebody that, that responds and will flourish by having your um, effective domain um, nurtured, mm-hmm. then your results within the cognitive side is going to be increased and you're going to measure that in that sense. And then what you could say is, well, they're just really clever and they, they, they respond very well co- uh, in a cognitive sense. But actually, no, we, we kind of know. We created a good environment, a good environment to facilitate right. cognitive learning. That's it, yeah. Yeah. It is really interesting. I mean, I was, I was in one of the other track classes at that time. I came in halfway through. Right. And uh, um, I've, I've, I've checked out the handout, which is very, very lucky that I didn't totally miss all the information. But... Um, but coming back in there, yeah, she, I came back into her with an analogy as well of, of um, talk, I think she must have been on the back end of talking about cognitive 
learning and that that domain because she was talking about the overloading of information yes you know yeah. and it might not be that you know as as a student and as a learner that actually you you know that you have a problem with the cognitive side of things but some teachers may overload you so much with information that even somebody who's good at that can just feel completely overloaded yeah. like they can't even take it in yeah and and you, and to be a teacher and to understand how much you can deliver at any one time and it be effectively um, absorbed is is again probably another another skill to be acquired down the line yeah and think at the flip side of that think about if you're a student who likes information and again may not be the way it actually although it may feel comfortable it may not be the thing that develops you most and uh, you, that may be the thing that you're hiding behind are you somebody who walks into a lesson and goes so what about this though oh and what about when I do this, well, how did that happen? Could you explain it to me? And what we can end up doing if we're that kind of person is hiding behind questions and hiding behind information, when in fact what you really need to be doing to develop yourself in every sense is to get in there and do something. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, uh-huh. so I think it's an it's a actionable thing for singers and teachers. For teachers, we really need to be questioning, questioning everything. Like when a person, when the student walks in the room, what kind of person are they? And how can we affect them in a different way in order to stimulate whatever we need to stimulate to mm. b- make them a better singer and, and a, a more developed person? Oh, hey, man, I, I think when you look at it like that, as, as a student, a singer in any situation, you could even remind yourself that um, in order to be successful at something, you, you probably have to knock yourself on the head and go, forget about the information, just like, just relax. You know, because I know there must be situations where I'm... I'm just not taking stuff in because I'm freaking out or whatever, you know, it can help. I, I, How hard, yeah. Thinking back to Dave Stroud's interview in episode three, I think, because he, Dave Stroud is, is a particularly good at, um, at knowing what people, knowing what makes people tick, you know, sure. that's why he works with such high profile clients because he is able to figure them out on a, on a more emotional level. Not necessarily like, you know, he sorts their voices out. He does that too, I'm sure, you know, technique. But with people like that, I think it's more about the comfort. It's more about creating the right feeling. And, that, and you know, when he talks about Daniel Beddingfield, imagine taking a student on like Daniel Beddingfield, right? He had a, he, he was, his range is insane. He's got a great voice. It went a bit wrong for him, so he needed vocal lessons. But the first thing he put out there in the public was, I hate vocal teachers. Right. And if I was his vocal teacher, I'd be thinking, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a nightmare. Like, he's going to literally want to kill me before he walks in the room. Um, but Dave turned him around. Yep. And I, I, really, I really think, yeah, that model, Tamara's model, um, and Dave that. thinks in that same kind of way. Exactly. As he's able to turn someone around in that effective domain so that they respond then to his advice. Uh, and then they move forward, and he, and he did move forward. Exactly, that's so much deeper than than um, you're going to sing these skills. <laughs> yeah, and and just for the, for the student side of things as well, you know, things to consider. As you just said, you know, are, are you are you somebody that that likes information? Are you just just think about it? Like, if you are, is that going to develop you to continue down that route, or should you? Like I know we had a bit of we had a bit of um, controversy over the, a controversy over this point, <laughs> and then one of the points that Tamara said is that you know could as a point hypothetically a student come into the singing room and in fact they are information based they're they're a high level learner in the cognitive sense 
So they don't, you know, they can deal with that kind of stuff. But actually, do they need to be set free? Do they need to be, do they need to paint in the singing lesson? You know, it, it's something creative that's going to stimulate that side of them and, is, and develop that side of their person mm. in a general sense. Mm-hmm. And not limit ourselves with this. It needs to be about singing. Where in fact, if we develop the person and their personality and their values, then as we said, that will have an influence over the, the cognitive learning. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. I'm like. She said throwing paint around. I imagined it in my head, and I thought, no, nah, I wouldn't go to that teacher. <laughs> but I totally get it. I get yeah. it. I get that how it how it it brings out people in a certain way. It, it opens them up to be more receptive to information. Um, mm. uh, and understand it better, um, and it was it was quite an amusing analogy to yeah. think that there could be someone out there who would rather do that and improve and improve. That's the thing off though. the back of it because they could, I mean, like it you just say, amuses me that that's say, possible. And students, I mean, imagine turning around next week, all your students say, "Right, we're going to paint today." <laughs> You'll lose the diary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is that different to throwing a bucket of paint over a student? You, I mean, try it. Can you, well, that you might help. I don't know if that will help anything. Try it. Shall I give it a go? Try it. Can right. you film it? That's that's a brilliant social media feature, that one. <laughs> keep, keep an eye on the Facebook page. <laughs> Let's see who the lucky winner is of that prize. Um, All it is is just kind of, at this stage, considering where you are as a student and how you like to learn and what feels comfortable with you. I know I've got a few students out there that just love information and will just try and fill, the, fill some time with um, getting information, which, again... If the information is applied, then there's again as a balance there. But um, yeah. somebody that's just sat there going, but to know it all and not do it, yeah. oh man, is a different story. I mean, so I'd certainly feel I'm quite, quite swayed towards this cognitive. Yeah, because I, I, you know, I'm pretty relaxed. Totally I'm am. pretty relaxed. I, I just love info yeah. and and love using it as well. Yeah. But I'd love to be I'd love to be analysed one day about how yeah. that all works for me. But yes. um, so yeah that's Tamara Beattie. You can find Tamara Tamara Beattie Vocal Coach, I'm sure you could find her on um uh, on Google. Yeah her website she's all all about her artist side of things and her teaching side of things. So cool. yeah. She's awesome. Do you know what that brings on to our last uh, uh, little snippet, if you like. And that there are many, many examples um across the weekend of people that that really exercise this particular trait. And that's called being ready no matter what. That's very self-explanatory, right? But what, did anyone stick out for you who, who had that as an ethos, ethos and directly benefited from it? Like you say, I mean, everyone... It seemed, it seemed that everyone there had this same mentality of the substance needs to be there. The, the work and the um, uh, the preparation just needs to be there. We can, you can't hope in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so the panel that we had on that day, Stevie Mackey. Stevie Mackey. Yeah. He, he was... Terrific vocal coach. So He lived it. His passion was so clear to see for, for what he did. And, and he the reason why he was ready for what he had in store in his life, being back in vocalists to Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson, Whitney Houston, Layla Hathaway. The reason why he was ready was Dickens. because he lived it, you know, yeah. and he, he had it all set up. So it, that's a tricky one, really. He, it's almost, I, you can't say that he didn't have to work for it because he clearly did, but he worked for it in a way that probably didn't feel like it worked to him. No, 
you know. He was obsessed, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He he hung out. I think he was saying that he hung out at the Layla Hathaway concert after uh, the show. All of the band and Layla came out. Um, no, actually, the band came out. Layla wasn't there, and he got chatting to the band because he's a very nice guy, and uh, he knew all of the songs. He was talking to him about the show. And they said, hey, man, just come back to the hotel room and we're just like, we're just having a bit of a, like a few drinks here and there. And so we went back and Layla Hathaway was there and she just said, okay, what do you do? I'm a singer. Sing for me. And I, I know, I know I would have felt like this at times as well. And, and many would. It's like, I couldn't possibly do that. Mm. You know, I feel weird or I'll look like a douche, you know, something like that. Mm. But he did it. And that was it. Bang. His career was there. You know, he's done all those backing vocals. He works on The Voice. Um, he even did voice coaching with Michael Jackson um, in LA, but only because he was prepared, ready to go. And if we're talking about preparation and being ready, what we're we talking about, and we're talking about if this is one thing you want to do in life, become an artist in your own sense, then that should be the thing that everything points towards. Absolutely. Your your what you do on it every day. Um, how you schedule your time are you is what's lacking in your abilities across that across that board to get you to where you want to be whether it be in, in next year or two years or yeah. five years time yeah. and so constantly working towards those things because for me I have experienced so many people in every walk of life to be honest that expect things just to happen mm-hmm. and for some reason maybe it's just because we're exposed to it more but the singing world, there seems to be a lot more of that. It's almost like I've got a, I've got a nice voice. It's going to happen. But there's so many people with nice voices across the world. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like that, you don't guitarists don't sit around and think like that. No, because guitarists go out, they learn, they learn how to play. You know, they they do scales and whatnot. So do singers. Don't get me wrong, mm. but. You know, guitarists can't just pick up a guitar and play. Mm. Singers kind of can just start to sing. Exactly. Because you, you have a voice and you have some control over what influences your voice like vowels and consonants. Mm. You know, they're all in your words every day in lyrics. So, so yeah, some people just have this natural ability to sing and think that that will take them somewhere. But all the other instrumentalists, they work for it and there is no fairy tale attached to their career. It's literally, they get out there, they do it for as many people as possible and then they end up, they often end up with a good career if they're a good person to work with. But the singers expect that, don't they? Exactly. And it yeah. so doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Well, it might, it might do on the off chance, but yeah, for mm. the most part. If you look at everyone that was involved at the, the winter retreat, there was a, a theme. And so, in being ready, what, what are you, what do you, what are your points? What, what would you say being ready means? Well, you, you've got that situation where. You can be ready to do it as in your attitude. So you can, you can be ready mentally to step up and present whatever it is that you're good at. That's, that is the final step of being ready for me, right? Because if you step up and you're just not that good, then what is the point of being ready? Being ready means more than being ready. It means being completely ready in every aspect of your craft. Like You have to be ready to be able to hit the notes, you have to be ready to be able to sound good. You have to be ready with the right ethos, getting in the right places. Be ready with the information that you need for the industry. It's it, being ready in so many ways. And, and so I guess with these guys, um, 
they were ready in that sense. You know, they had they had a package to present. They were ready to go. And I guess you don't really want to step up into that situation of um, just singing out for someone who might just ask you. You don't want to be in that situation until you're ready in all the other aspects of, the, mm. of, of voice training and voice presentation. So if we talk about Billy Mann... Oh, man. His story... It, was just a perfect example of that, wasn't it? Yeah. He did a house concert that night, but um, he was down and out, wasn't he? He was completely um, in the doldrums. He was living in San Francisco, but he was from the East Coast. And he couldn't afford his rent, and he actually slept on a park bench uh, on by the by the quay in San Francisco. And, uh, yeah, he was there just wondering what he was going to do. He had his guitar... And it was early morning, a police officer had prodded him with his truncheon or whatever, saying, you know, you can't, you can't sleep here. So he just got up and moved to another bench. And then a couple walked past who were on their honeymoon. And he just got chatting to them. And they were from England. And uh, um, he chatted to them for a bit. And he, th- he said to them, well, hey, listen, if I, can, if I can write a song about you and how you met, would you give me 20 bucks? And they were like, yeah definitely do that so he asked him a few questions they gave him literally five minutes um and then he sang a song to them on the corner of the street and then they loved it so much they gave him a hundred dollars and then that day because right after that apparently another another couple walked past and he went hey how did you you guys meet (laughs) and he did exactly the same thing for the next pair uh, and then that day he ended up making like, I don't know how many hundreds of dollars it was, but then he went back and paid his rent. And he was back on his feet again. And then I think it was maybe six months later, he'd actually written a song that had hit number one um, in the UK charts. So it was an amazing, amazing story. But, but that guy's inspira- inspirational in a lot of ways, isn't he? Did you feel that from him? Absolutely. And I'll I, I just go on to, because I'll go on to talk about Carrie Kimmel first and her story, because I think they're inspiration and the reason why they are where they are today it's the same reason which leads to the, the being ready thing so Carrie Kimmel again just prolific songwriter and she's had placements in so many TV shows and films I mean uh, it's ridiculous really isn't it yeah how, how oh, I, Dreamgirls is the I mean oh, that's insane getting one in Dreamgirls but yeah, yeah she's nailed it and I would I would um, I would understand if you know everyone listening to this would be like Carrie Kimmel who's she because she's she's not out in the public domain, much like, you know, um, I'm going to say Britney Spears, but that's... <laughs> you could have picked anyone. I know. Yeah, well done. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she's so talented. But she got dropped by her label. And um, and anyone could... I think it was two. I think she got dropped by two. Did she? But the final, yeah, the final one, they were just hanging on, weren't they? Right. And they said, actually, no. Right, okay, of course. Yeah. So... so Either way, things weren't good at times, and the way she was ready was that she knew that she had to balance business and her creative side. And her creative side is obviously very, very, um, very good. Mm. The songs Uh, were insane. The songs were insane, and that is obviously where her passion comes from, but she knows that she had to support that with the business side, which is one thing I think that people in the um, creative arts often find difficult that there is a business that needs to run alongside and that's what, one thing that she emphasised a lot wasn't it mm-hmm. so she knew who she had to employ as in like um, lawyers and um, people that are just going to support her on that side of things so that when it did go tits up mm-hmm. she was able to crack on and do her own thing and the, the reason why she was there the meaning the music 
could continue. Absolutely. And she, she, I mean, she, her, her particular workshop was probably the most loaded with information out of any of them. Because I think what's really great, what people maybe miss out on that front is, is that, there's a market for music in the charts, of course. You know, whatever is current and relevant and what everyone wants. And you know, not all music is that. And people shouldn't feel bad about writing music that everyone doesn't want, right? Because it's just that, you know, that I don't know what the demographic of people are that buy the top 40, but they're pretty young. Mm. And typically, they don't like really connoisseur-type music. It's the way um, it is. Yes, the way it is. And certain styles, like, you know, funk and whatnot, doesn't, just doesn't sit well in, in that arena. But there is an amazing industry out there in film and TV um, for, for that, those sort of great, really great songs that just might not be relevant right now. And she might, she might even be ready to make up to £10,000 for um, a placement in a film or TV of her song. Just straight there, bosh. Exactly. And then you... That's a career. It's a career. And you could say that, uh, you, you know, we immediately jump to the money. We immediately jump to the fact that she's going to get paid £10,000 for a placement. But you see from these people, you see from Carrie and Billy, that it, it didn't start with that. Mm-mm. You know, it starts with the meaning, and actually that encapsulates the being ready. Yeah. So these people, whether it be Stevie Mackey, or whether it be um, Billy, or... Carrie or anybody else really does the, the thing. It started out with a meaning. It's like I love what I do. I mean, Billy. Billy could have gone and got a job, but he was still on that park bench because he was like, "Damn it, I'm a musician. Mm. I am a musician. This is why I'm here, <laughs> and it's what makes you feel good." Exactly. And if you persevere with the thing, whatever it is that you want to do, then as they've proven, they've totally proven it, and that's why it's really valuable for me personally as well. Is that it pays off. Like, the the meaning. If you go with the meaning, everything else follows. Yeah. Money is incidental. Yeah. And, and, and it, there was a really great guest called Alison Hammermura, who really, really spoke about that from an A&R level, you know, taking on artists and, and prepping them. And um, if if they were in it for the money or the fame, she wasn't interested. She can see it, they can see it in a mile, mile away. Yeah. yeah. She needs them to be authentic. She needs them to be... Hers was about authenticity and truth. If you're not true to the music, the cause, and the cause ain't money, by the way, then you're just not going to make it. And nobody will want you eventually. It, you'll be a nightmare. And will you be enjoying your life at the same time? Which yeah. is the point, isn't it? Will you be enjoying living somebody else's life? Yeah. If you're not being true to yourself, and if music's what you want to do, and, and what you feel you're here for, if you're creating your own music in the way you want to create it, must be the only way to, f- to um, receive fulfillment. Yeah. And that's what they're saying. And they can see this stuff. And, and to be fair, she said exactly the same thing, that if she can see that, most A&R people can see that, and they are the people that go ahead and actually get success because it's, it's not something that you can, uh-uh. you can fake. No, absolutely. There, there was, just, just to, before you go on, there was another, I just remember being ready, that the other, the other singer from The Voice, she got a job on a talent show as right. a TV runner because she knew she needed to be somewhere kind of in that industry somewhere. And she didn't know where to go, but yeah. she, she worked on her voice and she made sure everyone knew that she was a singer. Oh yeah, I sing a bit. She didn't bang on about it. She'd just be like, the producer be like, so what do you do then? Oh, I really love singing. Da da da. Um, and just before, I think it was 10 minutes before a, sh- a live show went on air, they needed someone to sing a jingle. 
because they didn't have one and it was a bit of a mistake. So she went straight upstairs to the recording booth and she sang the um, intro for a show completely off the cuff just because they knew she sung a little bit. Oh, let's get her to do it. So she ran upstairs. Ten minutes later, it's on air. It's being done. She's like, oh my God, I could hear myself on national television. Yeah. That's how her career started. She was ready to go. It's 10 minutes, bosh. You know, from that she got a call, she got calls for session music, session singing, and then she went on tour with a whole bunch of major artists and ended up on The Voice. Exactly that. Wow. And so, in, refle- in reflection, what it means is that I think if, if, you're a, if, if you're a singer that really wants to have success, in whatever sense you can see, which if we just use commercial success, whether that's in songwriting or being your own artist, or if that is the end goal then where are you right now? You know, what, what, what kind of things are you doing in order to fulfil that? Yeah, which, which it's the threads, isn't it? The threads that make up your goal. Mm. And can you, are we talking about goals now, right? Yeah. So like, how can you, how can you break those down, make them achievable yeah. and put them into a system? Into a system because, and even just before you get to that system part, Actually recognising whether it is what you want, I think. Uh-huh. There was no question, Stevie Mackey, let's take him again, there's no question about what he won, what he was here for and why, what, where he's at now. He was on it. He was on that thing. Whereas if we, we're living in a world where we, we get influenced so much by people and things around us, so we see the vibrancy of MTV and we see that singers are on, on the TV doing their thing and it looks really exciting. But is it the music that's that's exciting as there, or is it being on TV? Yeah, you know, and and if that's okay, read analyze. It's not a bad thing. It's just that's not what you want. And it's actually maybe maybe being a presenter is or something. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's questioning that first. I think, and that was one of the things that shone for me because it seems like everybody that that knows or or feels that that's what they're here for, the music will have success in whichever means that means for them. Yeah. And, and not not to get sort of real youngsters bogged down with goal setting, right? right. But but I could have really done with writing out what I really wanted to do when I was like fifteen. Mm. I had no idea, but I sang a lot. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Just sort of went into the corporate world for like I don't know ten years know. <laughs> because that's what. But that's, it prevailed. Yeah, it prevailed. It did, and See, it prevailed. And obviously, it was so deep in you that 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 was where your journey was going to take you, maybe just a little bit delayed, or maybe not, maybe it had to go that way, maybe you had to learn what you didn't want to do first to, to get there. Yeah, exactly, yeah, like, I was so sure sales was my thing, <laughs> do I, I am going to be the best salesman this country's ever seen, Yeah, and uh, it kind of worked out for a bit, but the, you know, then the credit crunch hit, we got made redundant, but yeah, right. sing, singing prevailed, and oh god, I couldn't be happier, it's, yeah. it's got to be true, you, you, you have to decide what, what you really, really want. For happiness in life. Yeah. We all want to be happy people. Yeah. Don't we? We do. Don't get me wrong. Money really helps with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah. true enough, it's not the be all and end all. But, but, I mean, all these kind of things, it's, I don't know, probably from the chat, you know, we said, let's keep this under 25 minutes. Right? Wow. But what, what screams out about rattling on too much about it is the experience at the Winter Retreat mm. on every level was I learnt loads of things I didn't know about the industry lots of things you know because I've never sold 
just filming TV. I, you know, I've never been on The Voice, whatever. So I learned loads of stuff like that, but it, it's inspiring. That's how you can rattle on about it for so long. You're just like, oh, God, everyone, everyone really inspired me. When inspired. I came back, it changed. And when we said before, it's a life-changing experience to go over there. Like, trust, yeah, it really was. Totally. And there is, by the way, people, another opportunity. Well, they do two a year. You can go to the winter retreat in February, which is four days on a weekend in the mountains. Um, but there is an artist intensive program, which is in July, um, which you can see at um, vocalizeyou.com. You can check it out in the events section, and that we'll put it in the show notes, by the way, thenakedvocalist.com forward slash podcast forward slash the number 11. Um, and, that, and that is a 10-day artist intensive where there's even more going on. There's even more performances. It's 10 days instead of four. And uh, again, the kind of people that you can meet. Even Billy Mann, who, who subsequently, by the way, we spoke about him a lot, but he's written, he's basically written on every one of Pink's albums since she started out, which is, she's really successful now. Mm-hmm. And he was even there saying to people, you know, if there's talent in the room, I want to hear about it. Mm. You know, there there are things that can come of it, especially if you can turn up with a with a decent game and 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 um, yeah, prove that you're in it not for the money but for the for the passion. Absolutely. Then doors can open for you, right? Yeah. And I yeah. So I if, if if there's any point in your life that you think that I can just about do this, it's never something like this. Especially if you live in the UK and you're a singer, the chances of having the time, the money and everything falling in the right place for this kind of event or experience is never going to happen. Isn't it? Oh, I'll do it next year. I'll do it the year after that. And really we're not, I mean, I, we're not trying to sell this. We're not trying to sell this for any other reason than the fact it's going to benefit the people that go. Yeah. And it is possible. You can, you can make anything happen and, um, borrow the money off your dad. Yeah. Get, get loads of, cre- loads of debt on credit cards. Rob someone. Was that too far? Yep. No, don't do that. <laughs> Joke, jokes. Don't do that. But it was for the passion. So well, yeah, I mean, that's how far my passion's willing to go. I'm feeling it. So, um, but yeah, we, we are not salesmen, by the way. Or I just said I was for ten years. Whoops. <laughs> um, <laughs> a really bad one. <laughs> but um, but no, we, we're not in the business of selling things on this podcast that really, really aren't worth it. And, and especially by selling things that we haven't even seen. It's like we've been there. We just, mm. we just went there. And, I, and I, I can't tell you enough how great it was. Hopefully our footage and whatever else we're going to throw out there will give it an indication of just how great it was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, keep up with us on the, um, on the social media, by the way. Facebook.com forward slash TNV questions. It's been busy on there recently. It has been busy. So keep it, keep it up, people. Um, Katie's show last week went down a treat. Mm. Um, and uh, if you haven't checked it out, that is episode 10. You can go to nakedfocus.com and click on the show notes. Uh, listen and show notes The link. life of Jesse Jade's backing vocalist. Yes, so that's, that's also inspiring. Um, but we have some great interviews coming up with, uh, with Lynn Hilton about her icing magazine. We've got... Um, ben Maitland-Lewis, and he's from a company called Press Kit, but he was a... He was a director at Sony BMG Music Entertainment. He's also an artist developer, producer, and drummer. And he's got some great stuff to talk about on the uh, artist development front. Let's kick it off in 25 minutes. We better... We better... I better stuff some broccoli in me back on the health kick. (laughs) 
<laughs> I better stuff some broccoli in me. Yeah, I better make it sound more sexy. I'm gonna just, I will chew it. I'll give it a chew. I don't care. Don't you? No. All right, fine. <laughs> I'll tell you how it went on the next episode. <laughs> For now, enjoy the sunshine. It's going to be a ripper this Sunday. I've never said ri- I've never said that before. Did that sound weird? <laughs> you say you say all kinds of weird eighties exclamations, don't you? What was one earlier on? Fort Knox. You say yeah. you say that this this packet of crisps is like Fort Knox. Let's face it. When it when are you ever going to say that? Yeah. About a packet of crisps. Wazik. Wazik. Called me a wazik. <laughs> okay. Um, so thank you for listening, people. Um, any questions, please get in touch with us uh, via the Facebook page or email us at tmvquestions at gmail.com. We would really love to provide just even more content for you guys. Till next time. Too good, Pip. <laughs>